Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, headmaster of Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. Today is the last episode in season two of the podcast. And today we're talking about the moral virtue of temperance. Yes. Mr. Young, take us there. What is temperance? You bet. So to, to kind of go back to the beginning of the moral virtues, we talked of prudence. And, and the way we speak of it is just knowing the right thing to do. Um, and doing the right thing is justice. So if you're a just person, you're, you're fulfilling your obligations uh, to God and your fellow, you know, man. And, and, yeah. uh, and so the idea is, is you want to know what to do and you want to do it. If you, the things that prevent you from doing the thing that you ought to do is often fear or weakness. And we talked about fortitude as being that virtue which allows you to do the right thing despite your fear or despite your, you know, your your weakness. Um, Today, temperance is the moral virtue that allows you to do what is right despite your desire to do otherwise. In other words, we have all sorts of desires within us and they're going to compete for your will, right? Right. We all have appetites and those appetites are good or they were created in us to be good. Yeah. But since the fall of man, since Adam and Eve fell, um, those appetites, those desires can lead us astray. So we need the virtue of temperance to be able to continue to do the things we ought to do, even though we don't feel like it. Right. We want because yeah. we want to do other things. Yeah, I have to ask. So in our last episode, we were dealing with fortitude, which is, I don't know if synonym would be the right word for courage, right? That's part of it. Yeah, part of courage it. is part of it. So, so what's the difference then? Because, you know, a person could say, well, I had the fortitude or the courage to resist temptation, but temperance is a little different. Yeah, yeah. There is a sense of uh, perseverance or steadfastness that will goes with the moral virtue of fortitude, right? Because that has to do with the strength of will, but it, but it typically has to do with fear or weakness, um, like physical yeah. weakness. Um, th- this has to do with combating our appetites. So fortitude is doing the right thing despite the things from the outside of us. Okay. Right? Okay. That might produce a fear or or the you know the lack of things that might cause you to become weak, you know, or to give up. Mm-hmm. This has to do with internal. Like it's your struggle within, okay. right? So, so fortitude helps us to do the right thing despite the external. This is, has to do with the internal. So, so let me let me talk to you about um, 
So a definition, right? So yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm riffing off the the Catholic catechism because you know the Catholics still talk about virtue. <laughs> yeah. The Protestants ought to, <laughs> but but uh, I, I'm changing the wording a little bit. So if you if you're Catholic and you've heard this kind of thing before, know that I am literally stealing it and modifying. I think a couple words in here to to kind of give give a definition. So. Um, to borrow from that uh, Catholic catechism, um, it moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over your appetites and keeps your desires within the limits of what is honorable. That's the that's a pretty yeah. big, and again, the way I put it at Providence and, and to really simplify it, is it allows you to do what's right despite your desires or your appetites, right? To, that would want you to do otherwise. So um, before we get into the quasi-integral parts, because we've been doing that with the moral virtues, talking about three kind of uh-huh. mind, you know, virtues that kind of help make up temperance. I, I want to talk a little bit about what scripture says about our desires, right? Yeah. Um, the, it, like I said, I made this statement about desires originally being good or created. So the the Hebrew word for desire is yetzer, okay? And the the idea is is that God has provided for us within human beings as part of his created goodness, uh, the desire for sex, right? Right. Because if we didn't have that desire for sex, we we wouldn't be having babies. Right. Right. So it's a good desire, but in the fall, it's 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 gone askew mm-hmm. um we have the desire to eat right if we didn't have the desire to eat we would starve to death or you know we get into all sorts of trouble with malnutrition or, or what have you but yeah but the the desire to eat or to fill that kind of appetite can can be let askew to where you it, it leads to gluttony um we have the desire to drink um or to even to have some pleasure from our food or drink or to, you know, have a glass of wine after work or to relax. And, but, but those desires are, those are desires are good, yeah. but, but they've been skewed in the fall and they can lead towards drunkenness, for instance. Right. right. So, so James, when he writes in uh, his epistle, um, chapter one, verses 13 to 18, I, let me read it for you. He speaks of this idea of yet or this, this conception from the Old Testament of desire. And and it says this, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Now, again, James is writing in Greek, but we understand James, you know, he's the lead pastor in the church in Jerusalem. He's very Jewish, right? <laughs> so this is this is like the idea of Yetzer, right? He is enticed by his own Yetzer, this desire. Then, then you know, lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown uh, brings forth death. In other words, uh, my desire for sex is not evil. Uh-huh. My desire that turns to lust is, right? My desire to act upon... Right. Uh, or to to think upon in ways that are uh, not honorable right. uh, that that is sin. So so Satan is able to prey 
on these desires because they're fallen. And it's not even Satan's fault. It's, it's, yeah. it's our own, right? Yeah. We, we have these desires and uh, we, we can be lured and enticed by it. Um, when it, when it, like you said, when it, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, um, brings forth death. Verse 16 goes on, says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and uh, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Th this is the idea, again, those desires were good, are good. Yeah. It, it's just that we have been corrupted by the fall. Yeah. And so those good desires can lead to sin, but it's not God's fault. Right. Right. He gave us good gifts. So, so we can't blame our sin on him. It's it's because of his fall. So the, the virtue of temperance is a way to counteract um, what has happened to us. We have desires. They're good. They need to be kept in check. Yeah. Right. So we talk about three back to the quasi. Yeah. Right. The, the uh, quasi integral parts of temperance. Okay. So we at Providence Academy, we, we talk primarily about three, although there could be more. Um, we're going to talk about three. Uh, chastity, modesty, and moderation. Okay. So first we get to chastity. Yay, everyone must talk about chastity. <laughs> right, you know, putting on a chastity belt, that's not a good idea. Right? That, that doesn't have anything to do with your will. It's not a virtue of not having sex because you've been physically prevented from it. Uh, yeah, chastity is the virtue which excludes or moder or moderates the indulgence of sexual appetite. So, for instance, as an unmarried person, the virtue of chastity would prevent you um, or exclude you from indulging in your sexual appetite because it is it is not just right for you to do that. Right, you have. Because of your obligation to love your neighbor as yourself, which includes that really attractive girl that you know, <laughs> that, that, you know, that, you know, lives down the hall from your apartment, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you can't just go and fulfill your sexual appetites because you feel like it, even if she's willing, right? That's, that's just not right. What right. you owe her... <laughs> is a respect and a love that would prevent you from carrying out such things that are evil. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this was on it. Like we must've discussed this in a previous episode that, or it was, uh, I can't, Mr. Young, it's hard to keep track of what we've talked about off air and on air, <laughs> yeah, <I got laughs> but, uh, but you know, like historically, uh, when children being born out of wedlock was, I'm, I don't know the figures, I'm assuming it was less common than it is nowadays. Um, when that would happen, it was the honorable thing for the man to marry the woman and take care of the child, right? Correct. Yeah. That was the honorable thing. So you made a mistake, you've, you've sinned against her, um, and the honorable thing is to make it right. And, and the, the right thing to do would to be forsake your, whatever your dreams were, whatever your selfish ambition was, the right thing to do now is to do the honorable thing for her and, and the child that you've created. 
Yeah. Right. So that that's that's the right thing to do. Um, so the best thing to do is to be chased, right? To mm. not indulge in your sexual appetites, but to uh, not only to for your own honor, but also for the honor and love of the other. Right. Yeah. So you you don't indulge in that and, and, and wait for marriage in which the desire is meant to be practiced honorably. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's even this idea of moderation. So even within a marriage relationship, you need to be able to um, moderate your, your appetites. Right. You, you just can't. You know, the Bible specifically says that, you know, as a married man, uh, my body is not my own. Mm. It, it's my wife's and her body's not her own. It, it belongs to me. And, and so there's this idea of uh, mutuality. Um, we don't, you know, this, this, this happens in marriage. And I, if you're married, you, you probably understand this sometimes. Um, sometimes you're, you're, you know, you're in the mood and <laughs> yeah. your, your wife somehow thinks you have to earn it. Right. Well, that's not, that's not right. And that's not good. That is not, <laughs> that's not scriptural. Yeah. At the, at the same time, um, you're supposed to respect and honor your wife. And if she's not in the mood, I have to moderate it. Right. That's, that's the virtue of temperance. If, if this is not the right time, then, then I can, uh, I can withhold and await for a more proper time or a time that's that's good or mutually agreed upon. Um, of course, the Apostle Paul says that the, the only time you should be refraining from it is if you're refraining for the sake of prayer, right? Right. So I know this is kind of going into weird stuff here. I, <laughs> we'll talk about this more when we talk next season, because next yeah. season we're going to talk about the family. And in the context of the family, we'll talk about marriage. And part of the marriage talk, we'll talk about sex. Yeah. Ooh. So you remember all those people kind of our most reading? downloaded episode. I know, I know, I know. Oh, when we start, we you know we talked about tithing and we talked about some other things. Yeah. People are on the edge and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, they're going to talk about sex and marriage. You know, they're going to they're going to stick around. All right. So the, anyway, so chastity is so chastity is not just the absence of sex. It it's the idea of it in the proper context. So you you refrain from it completely unless you're married and in marriage you 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 have the ability to do to moderate for the sake of your spouse yeah okay Does that that makes that sense, makes sense. Um, the second one modesty this one's an interesting one because this is the one that gets the most um controversy i think so here we are at a christian school and the idea of dressing modesty modestly can become an issue because it sounds like the onus is all on um, dressing your daughters in appropriate ways, right? Chastity for the boys, modesty for the girls. No, Some kidding to that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, and, and and the idea is is that we're we're missing the point, right? Yeah. So the the idea is, um, you know, dress modesty, uh, modesty. Your girls dress modestly for the sake of the boys because you know so they're, they're not gonna, led astray, they're not led astray, or all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> that you know that's kind of common sense ish, but right. I don't think we're really grasping what modesty is really about, right? So modesty, um, it, unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's ability or achievements, 
That's that's what modesty is. Mm-hmm. Unassuming or moderate in this estimation of one's ability or achievements, it's a way of saying, don't show off. Right? Right. So the idea of dressing mm-hmm. in a way, dressing, dressing modestly is simply saying this. If you got it, don't flaunt it. Right. 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 In other words, the the if it, if we're talking about modesty as a virtue, uh-huh. um, it it's not about you know boys lusting or something like that. Right. It's it's about you not showing off. Uh-huh. It's about it's about who you are. Right. What what is it that you want to be attractive? Right. Right. And and um, it and it should be this idea of humility of uh, humility. Right. Right. So the opposite of the opposite of being uh, a moderate person or or having you know modesty is someone who's uh, whatever the opposite of humble is. Right. right. It's kind of like being proud. It's being um, show offy. It's being, and that's not good. So when we talk about modesty as a as a quasi integral part of temperance it's it's the idea of um not allowing yourself to be boastful whether it's in your speech whether it's the way you're carrying yourself in a, you know, with people whether it's showing off uh through your actions or the way you dress or things like that yeah um whether it's showing off like the bible when it talks about uh, when it's talking about dress to women it has to do with showing off of wealth really Right, right. Don't, right. don't wear wearing these braids, these jewel, this jewelry, and all that other stuff. In other words, dress modestly, Dr- dress with some sort of humility. Don't mm. don't act as if you're somehow better than everyone. Yeah, that, that's that's the idea. And and it sounds like mystery. Like, and this isn't like a cop out answer, but it it truly does sound like this is kind of a hard thing, right? Yes. So so what do what, you remember? Yeah, it's it's about the will. Right. right. The the heart is so in America, when we talk about the heart, we often talk about emotion, like the seat of our emotions is somehow the heart. But in the ancient world, no, the seat of your emotions is your gut. Mm. The, the seat of the will is your heart. So it's a heart issue in terms of what are you willing to do mm. or or what's your will? How is it being tempered? Right. So I want I my desire is approval. My my a desire is for people to be attracted to me, to look at me, to want me, to, right. to praise me, to think highly of me. Yeah. That's that's what my will, my my sinful desire is doing. Right. The virtue of modesty is not thinking of myself in that way, but to 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 humble myself. And to to be modest about my abilities, to be modest about who I am, to not try to be the center of attention, to not does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. that that's that's the that's the idea. Yeah. A quick thing on modesty before we move on, because it is a big one among Christians, as you mentioned, Mr. Young. So again, ultimately it's a hard thing. And and there are people who will like like what do you make, Mr. Young? We don't have to name any names here, but like what do you make of let's just go with clothing because it's easy. What do you make of like specific pieces of clothing? Like some people will say this style of shirt is purely immodest, right? Yes. Like, do, do you subscribe to that notion? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. question comes, why are you wearing it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I believe me. Uh-huh. Um 
there is a sense in which it's okay to want to dress in a way that makes you attractive in the sense that if if someone of the opposite sex looks at you, they're not repulsed. Right. They're not repulsed by you. They, they would there would be an attraction to you, but not in a way that is um, that's supposed to inflame the lust of the other. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because I'm kind of boasting about my hotness or something. Yeah. Um, or to desire you because you appear to be wealthy or right. that, that appears to be. Does that make sense? Right. The attractiveness should be something that um, shows you care about yourself and that you're a you're a person who has who knows that they have worth in the image, of, you know, because you're made in the image of God. Yeah. And uh, and you you're friendly and you're. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you see kids, uh, this happens with, with teenagers, right? Cause yeah. Cause and we could talk a little bit about this when, when students get into the rhetoric level, th- this is when they're really understanding how, how do I want people to think of me? Right. And they dress that way. Right. So that what's the goth person trying to project, right? Right. Exactly. It's like, um, I don't want to be bothered by normal people or by what, right. <laughs> I don't have, yeah. I, I view myself in a way that I'm not going to be acceptable by normal society. I only want to be accepted by other people who are, who feel the same way about themselves as they do. I, as I do. Yeah. I'm going to dress in such a way that's so off putting, no one's going to talk to me and that's going to continue to make me uh, feel bad about myself. Yeah. And reiterate how I'm worthless or however you want to put yeah. it. It's it just, you, yeah. right. Right. Um, people that dress in a way that is overly, um, you know, sexual. Right. What, what's going on with them? Right. That they want to be perceived as an object of sexual desire. Right. Right. And, and again, it, it has to do with, with who they, who, what their identity is. Uh-huh. How, how am I, being treated right so yeah you'll you'll see this and it's pretty obvious when when you've been around the block a little bit right when uh when a teenage girl is dressing um in a way that's like that um we would i mean to, to be blunt yeah to start dressing slutty right right um they, they typically have such a hunger for for a, a male's attention mm. and it usually is a sign of father hunger Mm. Uh, probably they have a distant father. Probably they have a, a, you know, they don't have a father. They don't have. Yeah. Right. Or, um, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's an odd thing. It's like, I know that just, yeah. Go, wow. That's pretty judgmental. Mr. Young. No. Yes. Yes, it yeah. is. It's very judgmental. Um, and it's, and it's a hasty generalization as my, my daughter would probably, would probably go, dad, that's a hasty generalization. Not everyone. And yes, that, 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 that's true, but it isn't, it is a, it's not a hasty generalization. It is an actual, like, experientially valid, this is most likely the case. Yeah. It, are there rare exceptions? Maybe. Yeah. I, you know, but for the most part, you you can kind of tell. Um, and guys the same way. So um, you'll, you'll see the, the, the guy who's uh, dressed like a, a slob and, uh, you know, they're, 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 hair and their skin is just oily because they probably haven't had a shower in a couple of, yeah right you could you can tell right, right? Uh, what they're they're not dressed modestly right it's still attracting an attention it's just in a negative way 
Right. Does, does that make so sense? it sounds like as it relates to like the modesty of one's appearance, it, it has a lot to do with seeking attention. Yes. So so one of the big trends, again, is uh, has been over the years, sneakers. Right. Right. Wearing like three hundred dollar pair of sneakers. Right. And, and not wanting them to get dirty or whatever. That whole point is is to show off. Right. That's not modesty. No. Right. And you go, well, it's, well, it's not sexual or something. <laughs> no, but it has to do with yeah. being immodest. It's, it's yeah. showy. So, um, again, it's the idea of, of I, I want to be a just person. I want to do the right thing. I want to, I want to live in that particular way. But if, if my, the way I'm dressing is immodest, mm. it's, it's really showing that you're, you are, you are so driven by your desires, right? That you're not able to do the the just thing, right? Right. So, right. so be careful of what you, right? The whatever's in our heart. No, just to, just to yeah. be blunt about yeah. it. Whatever's in our heart always shows itself. Yeah. It it always shows itself. It comes out some way, right? Yeah. And and often, and this is this is the weird thing. It'll often come out in the way we dress. Or it'll come out in the way we speak. It'll come out in the way we act. It'll come out in the way we. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and the, the weird thing here is, since now we have we have TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> for young people, you know, I mean, young people primarily, um, and and it's uh, and it's a, it's all about trying to curate a particular lifestyle that people are going to be envious of. Right. Yeah. And they'll, they'll do why that's not modesty. Or that's not right. Right. It's the opposite. It's it's just horrible. And then and then people see that everyone's TikToks and then they feel envious. Right. And then out of envy, they're going to act out of things. And yeah. So the, the the secret to this is just to be temperate, right? Yeah. To, to be modest and to to turn off that junk that's yeah. leading you astray. It's forming your desires even more and more away from God and away from the um from acting justly. Yeah. So 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 knock it off. Yeah. Right. Well, but but just to go, so I'm middle-aged, right? I'm in sure. my fifties and that's, you know, Facebook territory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but it's the same thing. So now you have middle-aged men and women trying to make their show everyone that they're having their best life now. Right. And it's, it's not modest either. No, I mean, I, you know, they're, most of my friends are, you know, saying, Hey, this is, I'm proud of my kids. This is what they did. You know, they just grabbed someone graduated or it's my yeah. birthday or, you know, Hey, you know, but, but when every photo is this curated thing to make everyone sound, wow, they really have it all together. Wow. They must be yeah. doing really well. And wow. They're, you know, that's all lies for the most part. Right. And, and what kind of person spends all that time in order to get people to think this about them? That's, yeah. that's not being temperate. Well, you know, Mr. Young, it's, you know, and uh, I'll just kind of, before we move on to moderation, I'll just end with this thought is like, you know, people have become obsessed about how the world, meaning their friends view them. Yeah. And, you know, like maybe this is a little too judgmental, but a lot of times, you know, people on like Instagram and TikTok, whatever, will take a picture of themselves reading a book. And I'm thinking to myself, if you were actually enjoying that book, you <laughs> yes. wouldn't take a picture of yeah. yourself reading. Yeah. You probably opened up to some random page and, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Or they're, yeah. 
their nice devotion picture with the coffee and whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those are so boring to see. <laughs> anyway, I forgot about Instagram completely because I'm not on Instagram. I think my yeah. kids said, you, you stick to Facebook, dad, you're old. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll be on Instagram. Yeah. So my wife, my wife's on Instagram. She'll show me the pictures of our, our uh-huh. you know, I, you know, so I know what my kids are doing. Yeah. Um, and, and again, moderation, right? Are, are so, is social media bad? No, it's not bad. It's mm. like anything else. It's a tool. Yeah. And, um, but what's in your heart is going to come out. Yeah. If, if you're trying to curate events so that people are going to think better of you, that's not modesty. No, that's not modesty. No. Right. So you're, you're, there's something going on in your life that you need to fix. Well, and with regard to moderation, Mr. Young, you know, you've been known to enjoy smoking a pipe, having a good beer. Yeah. Or a cigar or a cigar. Yeah. Yep. Or bourbon. I'm getting old, like so. I'm 55, and I the calories. I love the taste of beer, especially a good stout, right? Imperial yeah. stout, um, something that's really thick. Yeah, it's food. I tell my <laughs> wife, it's really food. It's not really a drink. It's food. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I don't need all the extra calories. But I, you know, the bourbon with the cigars or, or yeah. a pipe. So. Um, you're, I guess you're talking about moderation now. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like every day after school you'll have, no. you know. No, it, moderation is simply the ability to have voluntary self-restraint. Right. Right. So um, I'll, I'll give you an, an illustration with this with with beer. Right. So um, again, I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a good Presbyterian, right? PCA, the Reformed tradition, and um, they're not they're not Pietists. So in in other words. Uh, looking at tobacco and alcohol as good gifts from God, mm. just meant to be used in moderation. So, you know, over and over again, the Bible talks about, <coughs> excuse me, talks about wine as a good gift, mm. right? Uh, in, in Psalm 104, it talks about that this praise God for wine, right? Because, wow. because it makes the heart of man glad. So it's not even talking about the taste, it's talking about the effect. Think of that. Wow. He's talking about the effect of it. It makes the heart of man glad. This is a good gift, and we should praise God. For That's it. fascinating. Yeah. But the Bible also talks about the improper uses of it. You should you, you shouldn't be drunk mm-hmm. with wine, right? Um, if you're making judgments, it's probably not a good thing for you to be drinking. Right? Yeah. If you're a priest, you know, in, in that operation or a pastor at in in you know uh, giving counsel, you shouldn't be drinking. Yeah, it's 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 going to you know affect your judgment. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, but but it still says it's a good thing. It's a good gift. So there's this idea of you, you. Well, it's meant to be taken in moderation. Yeah. So at a very young age, <clears throat> I grew up in a in a dry home. Like my parents did not drink. Yeah. Uh, my my mom's dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he died of liver cirrhosis or, and, um, and so that was just a, it was taboo and in our house. And I, I was actually in high school. I, I, if you, you haven't heard my story sometime, I'll have to tell it on, on air here, but, um, yeah, I, I abused alcohol in high school. And, um, when I came out of that, as Christ called me to himself, I went, but the pendulum swent, went the other way. Like I was. I became pharisaical. Like I remember, you know, my I'm in my apartment with we're all over 21. Yeah. And one of my I opened up the refrigerator and one of my roommates had bought beer. 
Yeah. And I got mad at him and I'm sitting there pouring it out into the sink. How dare you bring this stuff into my house? Right. And I yeah. was just mad. It helps that you're bigger than everyone, you know, cause they're like, Oh, come on, Ron, what are you doing? I'm like, no, you sinner, you know? And, uh, yeah. anyway, I, I took in graduate school, uh, uh, Johanny literature class. Um, Johanny means the gospel yeah. epistles of John and revelation. And, um, and I'm struck by the, Wedding feast at Canaan. There, yeah, there is, there is. He turned the water into wine. Yeah, it's the best wine. It's not grape juice. I had to investigate because people are talking. Well, it's new wine, so it's not alcoholic. It's grape juice. There's no such thing as grape juice <laughs> until the 19th century. Yeah, when when a guy named Welch developed pasteurization of grape juice. The the reason like you would build, you would grow this big vineyard with all these grapes is to is to you have to be able to store it. Right. And and that means you have to ferment it. It it has to become fermented in yeah. order for it to last, or it's gonna go sour, it's gonna go bad, it's gonna become vinegar. Yeah. You know, you you have to, you can't, there's no such thing as grape juice. There's there's wine. And anyway, I I um and this blew me away. After they had already drank all the rest of it, he makes it. Mm. And in the the when the steward says, um you save the best for last, you know, because most people would serve the, the good stuff at first. And after you've had some, then right. the, you, your palate is changed and you're yeah. feeling a little good. You don't really care about what. It, and, and this is when Jesus yeah. does it. Anyway, the, the long story short is, is that I realized I had to repent mm. because I'm I can't be holier than Jesus. Right. One of us is wrong. Jesus yeah. is wrong or I am wrong. And guess who I decided was wrong was me. Yeah. I repented of it. And a few years later, I, or yeah, it was less than a few years later. It was like maybe a year later. I'm, I'm with uh, my, one of my best friends who ends up being the best man at my wedding. He's a youth pastor. And I'm at his place and he asked if he wanted to know if I wanted a beer. And I'm like going, no, I don't, I don't like it. And, and he goes, Oh, well, have you really tried good beer? And I go, good beer. And I realized the only beer I ever had was in high school. And it was like all this really super cheap yeah. junk, you know? Yeah. And, he, and he gave me this, this uh, Henry Weinhardt's ale, I think. And this was before it got bought out by, you know, Anheuser-Busch. It was still a microbrew from Oregon. And it was like, oh, this is pretty good <laughs> anyway. And then I, I started liking it, but my wife and I was like, we, the only illustration or the only thing I grew up with was you're either abstinent of alcohol completely, or you're drinking to get drunk. And there was no category of moderation that I'd ever seen in my life. So when I'm in my twenties, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. My, my desire for abstinence was because I thought you can't drink alcohol. And so what I did was I started developing ways in which I can self-regulate. So self-moderate. Yeah. So, so I just came up with the idea like, well, if I was drinking something else in a night, like if I went over to someone's house and we we're watching a video or, or something like that and having popcorn and stuff, how many Pepsis would I drink? One, maybe two. Well, why would I drink more than one or two beers in a whole night? Like yeah. there's no, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'm not going to pound six cans of Pepsi in an evening. Right. I mean, someone might do that. I, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Like yeah. why would I? So, so 
you know, my wife and I, when when I talked about it, I, I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to make it, I'm going to self-impose this limited two, two beers. We had um, not that long ago, um, it was probably, I don't know, maybe it was a long time ago, but, but we had some, uh, we were over at tea at someone's house, um, not Christians, and yeah. they were offering us some, you know, something to drink, and he, he knew that I drank, and and we we had a great love for food and, mm. and beer. And anyways, um, uh, I had just finished my second beer. And he goes, he goes, hey, let me go get you another. And I go, no, that's good. And he goes, oh, what? Like, it was the first time he met someone who stopped at two beers. Wow. Right? It just, it wasn't part of his culture. It right. wasn't part of that. It was weird. And he goes, and then he asked me questions about it. Why? And they go, well, I. I love beer, but I don't need to drink more than that. And he goes, yeah, but you can't like you. It, it's like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I go, well, it's sin. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, right. Yeah. It's, it's you're, you're, you're losing control of your faculties. Anyway. Yeah. Moderation has is a voluntary self-restraint, but it's not just with alcohol. I mean, I think that's, you know, people think of it in terms of drugs and alcohol, mm. um, but it's, but it's with anything. Right. Yeah. I, is, is, is playing video games a sin? No. It depends. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. It depends. Are you able to voluntarily self-restrain? Right. In, you know, play them in, in moderation. So it's not taking over your life or it's not going into these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it a video game. It's, it depends. It could be a fun activity to do with your friends mm-hmm. or it could be something that takes over your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're not doing well because you're playing that because you don't have this, the ability to of self-restraint. Yeah. Right. That's the idea of moderation. Yeah. Is is enjoying these good things that God has given to us as a gift, but not 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 allowing that to control your life. Right. Or to right. So you have to be able to curb that desire to do the things that you ought to do. Yeah. Right. So I I I would say um uh my son Zach, right? He comes home from medical school. He's he's doing all this stuff. He he ends up, you know, he's on break and he, he played uh with his buddies uh some video game like almost all night, right? Yeah. Is that sin? No, not really. Right. It was it was him getting together with his friends. They talked the whole time, they're playing, you know, yeah. All that and uh and is he is it preventing him from doing the things he ought to? No, no, he's a he is. Yeah. In medical school, doing a great job. Right. If he was if he was trying to do that while he was actually in classes and doing school, right. like not, he would never make it. Right. Right. So he, he knew how to self, you know, moderate. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the that's the virtue of temperance is being able to do that. So a couple of things, just really quick, because yeah. I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Is is when we're training our children. Yeah. I mean, temperance is a huge huge thing yeah the the things i think that would be helpful for parents in working with their kids the very first thing and the most important thing is teach your children to delay gratification mm. to to not particular partake of something that they really really want yeah until later yeah right so I I have this work to do, but I really, really want to play this video game. Yeah. Don't say, okay, play this quick video game and then go do your work. No, don't do that. You can play the video game after you do the work, right? right. 
teach them to delay gratification, delay gratification. The number one indicator of success in any child in the United States of America, listen to this, the number one indicator of any kind of success in America is this one thing, delay of gratification. Hmm. It's not, it's not poverty. It's not education. It's not any of that. It's the ability to delay gratification, to work for a reward. Yeah. Right. To be able to stay within your means. Right. Right. That, that's the biggest indicator. People who can't, who don't have the virtue of temperance, right. They're the ones that are going to always be make, getting into trouble because they don't know how to moderate. They don't know how to self-regulate. They, they can't say no. They, they end up trying to seek attention in wrong ways. They, right. They end up right. You know, being pregnant out of wed- wedlock or, or being responsible for a child out of wedlock yeah. or, um, you know, dropping out of school because they, they couldn't keep up the study or, you know, all these things. If, if right. you want to, if you, the number one thing, parents, teach your children to delay gratification. And, and one of the ways you could probably do that, that would be very, 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 very helpful. Very, very, don't let your child have an iPad or a telephone or, or a smartphone until they're in high school. Uh-huh. Right? Because uh-huh. what those video games do, those videos, those things, it, it creates a dopamine effect. It becomes an addiction, literally addiction. The same, the same reaction that you get from a drug you get for or smoking a cigarette or something like that, yeah. their brain is getting from those video games and those those things ha, don't don't even get them into it until they're old enough to be able to self-regulate yeah right so it's one of the one of the bizarrest things at providence academy kids aren't allowed to do any of that stuff here yeah right and and we're working on those kids we're trying to discipline those children they're we're trying to teach them these virtues and then they're at, at pickup and they, as soon as they get into the car and they get in their car seat, their parent hands them a smartphone. <laughs> and you're like going, what? What am I, like, Yeah. what am I doing here? Are we wasting our time? You know, like, like come on. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there's, there, it's just, it's just crazy. Or, or even, even this, like we would go on cross country trips with our yeah. young children. And um, it would depend if we are going a long distance We'll come and we'll listen to a book on tape, or sometimes, sometimes we watch a movie. But if I'm just going from one place to another, if I'm going from here up to Door County, our kids aren't watching a video. They're talking with each other and with us, mm. and they're enjoying the views. Mm. Right? It's it's we're training. We everything yeah. we do, we're training our kids. And if you're training your kids that you can't, you can't be bored for a half hour. Right. Right. You're you're wrecking their lives. And right. That sounds that sounds pretty brutal. Well, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Don't wreck your children. They need to be able to entertain themselves. They need to be able to they need to be able to self-moderate. They need to see that uh, an hour of boredom to to receive the goodness of a showing up and to have conversation with with family is a good thing. It's right. They yeah. don't need to be constantly entertained. So that that's a that's a huge thing. The, yeah. The delay of gratification is a huge thing. 
Well, Mr. Young, this has been great. So the next episode listeners will tune into will be episode one of season three. Yeah. What, what is season three all about? Give us a little I'm sample. glad you asked. All right. So, so we, in episode one, we talked about burning yet flourishing. And we talked about this idea of Christian culture as kind of the main theme. And I hit a bunch of things in there. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we talk about at the quarter three strands is that if we're going to build a flourishing Christian culture, we want three things really to be working together and, and to, to, to things that we really want to focus on in the Palatine Institute and with this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's the church, the family, and, and the school or education. Yeah. So we're going to start with the family. So season three, I'm going to talk yeah. about the family. We're going to talk about biblically what the family is, the purpose of the family. Yeah. We're going to talk about how the family has been shaped over time. Yeah. Right. From looking at the ancient Greco-Romans to um, to through the Middle Ages to what's now called the atomistic family. Um, I've heard it also called the atomic family, but it's, you know, we'll we'll (laughs) talk about that. Um, you know, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, anyway, yeah. And then um, and then we'll talk about the um the uh the schemes of the evil one, right? Mm-hmm. So so if if God has this great plan for the family to advance his kingdom, which is the case, and I'll prove that biblically. Yeah. Um <laughs> the the number one thing that the the uh, Satan can do in his scheme is to destroy the family. And the easiest way to destroy the family is to destroy marriage. Mm. And, and also to get people to think differently about the purpose of a family and marriage, right? Mm. So it's about it's a battle of ideas. So that's what the so the season is going to talk about those things. We'll talk about marriage, we'll talk about the role of a husband, we'll talk about yeah. the role of a wife. This is this again where all those people who um, are on edge, they're going to be even greater edge when we talk about those things. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk about parenting a bit. And uh, and then the following season, we're going to talk about the church. Yeah. And I'm going to tick off a lot of other people. <laughs> I hope I'm not ticking you guys off. I'm hoping what you're doing is you're, yeah. you're seeing my you're seeing that I have a I have a desire for for God's kingdom yeah. to flourish here, and it, and that's my that's my intent, not to be controversial or anything, but be helpful. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Young, it's been a pleasure chatting with you as always. Yeah. All right, awesome. listeners, tune in next week for another episode.